On the show, we've been speaking about speaking, your story, getting paid, and getting business. But if I really want to connect with businesses and business owners, what platform do I need to get on today? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the RK3 show. I'm Robert Kennedy the third RK3. That's me and today's show is about platforms. Yes, platforms. Now, there are all types of platforms. You have stage platforms, social media platforms, diving platforms, political platforms, IT platforms, platform beds, platform shoes like Huggy Bear from the 70s, all sorts of platforms. Yes, but today's show is about a platform that will help you to book more business, broaden your network, and maybe even become an influencer. I know you want all of it, right? Well, my fabulous guest today will help you navigate this platform, and I can't wait for that. But before we get to the interview, as always, I want to remind you about some of the other great episodes we've had recently. We've had some great episodes like episode 37 with power couple Steve and Pasha Carter, who talked to us about business, marriage, and communication. We've had episode 34 with Kathy Fayok, who talks about how to get more business as a speaker by having a book, or episode 19 with Pam Perry who talks about how she has been able to make it in the PR business using her story. All great episodes. Go back and get them. I also want to tell you about what we have coming up. In the next few episodes, you'll be hearing from some great people like leadership expert Rob Holman. You're going to love that episode. Kenja Dixon, Richard Citrin, Marissa Levin, and uh, me. (laughs) Yes, me. We have a great lineup coming, so be sure to subscribe if you have not already done so. I also want to share with you a great webinar that I'm running called Five Simple Strategies to Get Paid for Public Speaking. Yep, I'm pulling back the curtain on some things, and and, and I'll be sharing with you some simple strategies that you can use to get paid for your experience or your expertise. Now, in addition to those five strategies, I'm going to be giving away a free report, which includes another 15 strategies you can use to begin getting paid for speaking. So I want you to hop over to the show notes. You'll find the link there for the web class. And I'm inviting you to sign up today because you don't want to wait until it's too late to get started. So get paid for your story right now. Today's interview is with a really good friend. Kelly Leonard is the CEO of the Taylor Leonard Corporation, a consulting firm which provides training, coaching, business development, and information technology solutions. They look to nurture people, perfect process, and increase profitability to support transformational impact. Kelly is an amazing person who has a heart for entrepreneurs, and she's a great presenter and communicator. Kelly has a great story. I know you want to hear it, so let's tell it. Kelly, how are you doing today? Hey, hey, Robert. I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I am excellent. Amazing. Cannot complain. Listen, I know that you've been doing a lot of great work 
in the world. And I know that you've been doing quite a few things, speaking, organizing, networking. You've been a business owner. Tell me a little bit about your, how, how you got started in business. So, you know, it's an interesting journey, uh, and it's one that we continue to, to travel down. Really, um, I almost liken myself as an accident or somewhat accidental entrepreneur. Uh, my husband, Jerome, and I, after we got married, we had decided that, um, you know, we would work our tails off, um, you know, as we started our family and our children were young, we'd work our tails off in traditional corporate but yeah. um, when our children reached about middle school age, we had said that our plan was going to be for one or both of us to have a more flexible lifestyle, um, meaning working from home. The interesting thing was that um, you know at the time we were living, um, when 9-11 hit, we were living in New York, actually in Long Island, and that um, tragedy resulted in Jerome losing his job, which was, it was a lot earlier than when we had initially thought we were going to pursue this whole entrepreneurial venture. And so we were sort of thrown into entrepreneurship um, sort of earlier than what we had anticipated with, because it was not quite elementary school. It wasn't even middle school. Matter of fact, our oldest son was only one year, one year old at that point in time. And so that was our, one of our initial entrees into entrepreneurship. And so he started a boutique technology consultancy um, that he was eventually able to grow and, and, and really was generating pretty decent revenue. But around 2010, um, he was approached by Oracle, of which our company was an Oracle partner for a while, and Oracle mm -hmm. approached him with a, a really good opportunity for him to come aboard with them. And, and then that timing was perfect because now our, our son was in middle school. And so we were like, okay, now our plan is coming to fruition. I left my corporate job at GE to then come aboard the technology company. The biggest challenge, however, was I'm not a technologist. And so imagine that someone with an accounting and a corporate training background now leading a technology company. And so when I came on board to lead the company, it um, caused us to sort of have to ebb and, and pivot a bit to better represent my skill set, my core capabilities and expertise as I started leading the company. Wow. So I'm glad you use that word pivot. So you, you've done quite a few things. I, I, I've met you. I don't even remember how I met you, but yeah, I, I know that you are uh, an expert at networking. You love to organize and bring people together and you, you have your business and you said you've got this, this accounting background and then there's some technology in there. How do you know where to go and when to go? I mean, how, how do you, how do you know when to, to pivot? Yeah. And that's a really interesting question, Robert, because to your point, uh, you know, my background, I'm a CPA by education, by trade. And so very different than the work when I look at what I do now, very different than what I was sort of um, schooled to do. And, and really the whole networking and organizing and holding events and emceeing and all those other things came out of need. Because when I left 
a, a very successful and long career at General Electric, the one thing that I realized is as I was thrust into entrepreneurship is that I really didn't know a whole lot about sales or networking or business development or anything like that. And as you and I both know, there's no shortage of events. And so one of my mentors very early on um, encouraged me to, hey, you just got to show up at lots of events. There's events taking place 24-7, morning events, midday events, evening events. Just go to as many events as you possibly can so that you can build your brand, start meeting people, and so that people will know your name, all those good things. Well, the challenge was is as I was going to different events, there were things that I liked and or disliked about every event. Right. And so I was in this frustrate, frustrating pattern where I was just like, okay, I'm going to all these events. I don't really like the events. I'm more of a small group type of person, but there's benefit to being in a large event. You can meet a lot of people. And so what did I do? I decided, you know what? I'm going to start my own event. <laughs> right. I'm going to take the, the best of everything that I see in these events that I enjoy, and I'm going to carve out the worst, the things that I don't enjoy about certain events, and I'm going to create my own event, which right. then led me to, you know, the birth of the Small Business Network, which is now in year nine. Um, and I, I, you know, think that we're just getting started because even to this day, it's a phenomenal gathering, but still so many new and interesting and exciting things that are going on through that gathering. But really, it was a function of I was looking around, I saw a void, and I was like, you know what, I just, I'm just going to start something myself. And then that way, it puts me in a position to build my brand while also getting the best of the other networking events. So connecting with people, becoming the center of influence, all those good things. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I noted that over the last few years, you're, ta you're talking about business, you're talking about networking, getting to know people. One of the things that one of the ways of doing that is, is online in addition to what you do in person. And, and you over the last few years have focused on LinkedIn as a way yeah. to help business owners boost their business. And I use that word boost because you have an acronym about it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Why, yes why LinkedIn? Absolutely. Well, okay. So then this takes us back a little bit to when Jerome started the company. So part of what Jerome had created when he started the technology, the boutique technology firm, at that point, CRM, customer relationship management was his area of expertise. And so simply put, CRM is you know, it, it's leveraging technology to help clients to connect with their prospects, their clients, um, to market, to brand, to promote their products and services. And so um, while a lot of our clients understood the value of technology from a CRM perspective, it was around that same time where social media really started bubbling up. And because so many of our clients at that time were either government agencies or, or government contractors or larger organizations, a lot of them, while they kind of understood and they respected all of the social media platforms, they had a special affinity towards LinkedIn because it was where sort of the, the business community hung out. And yeah. so they came to us and started asking, okay, well, you're teaching us all these great things from a technology perspective around CRM, but, you know, what's out there? How do we leverage 
um, uh, technology from a social media perspective. And, and we really like this platform, LinkedIn. And so really, we allowed our clients to dictate which platform we should spend most of our time and energy and really trying to create a solution to assist them. And so again, because so many of our clients were business to business or business to government, we found that LinkedIn was the most powerful platform to support them. And so we looked at the platform, we developed an, our own sort of internal methodology or strategy to boost our, our business success using LinkedIn. And I guess the rest is sort of history. Wow. So a lot of people with LinkedIn specifically use LinkedIn like a, an online resume. And so especially mm-hmm. if you're a business owner, using it like an online resume may or may not work as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great point. And and that's part of the reason, quite frankly, we initially um, we marginalized LinkedIn as the as a platform to really use for business expansion, business development, because of the fact that we viewed it as an online resume. And we were thinking, okay, well, none of these clients of ours are looking for jobs. They're looking for business. They're looking to connect with the business community. And so because we viewed it as this online resume portal, we really minimized the impact that it could have. Now, it, years fast forwarding to now, we educated ourselves and understand the power of the platform and have been able to create a product that is designed to help our clients to not only take advantage of the fact that it's a place for you to have an online resume, but it's also a place for you to build your brand, to optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and then tap into new markets, which is essentially what the acronym of BOOST is all about. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Hey there, just a quick reminder, if you haven't registered yet, go register for the web class. Five simple strategies to get paid for public speaking. You won't regret it. If you have a story to tell or expertise to share, then you need to hop on this webinar. Isn't it time you got paid for your pain? (laughs) Check the show notes and sign up today. And now, back to the show. We've got smaller businesses on LinkedIn, and then we have larger businesses. And I, I, I make the assumption that they might both use LinkedIn a little bit differently. What are some of the things mm-hmm. that a, a smaller business can do to leverage LinkedIn differently than, than, a, than a larger business would? You know what? That's the, the part of the beauty of LinkedIn is is like kind of all all ships are created equally, so to speak. Because imagine as a small business owner, or as an entrepreneur, being able to share the same real estate as your Fortune 100 companies. And so, really, when you think of big business, small business, the only difference between either is the fact that typically a larger enterprise has access to resources, so they perhaps have the human capital or the financial capital to help them to really monetize or maximize their use of, of a tool like, like LinkedIn. But really the, the use case is no, is no different. I mean, for, for a small business, it's really using it as that, that platform to connect with resources. Well, first and foremost, building your brand so that when someone looks you up, because by and large, so many people are using LinkedIn as a tool to do some initial due diligence, you know, you and I meet at an event for the first time and maybe we exchange cards. What used to be years ago, I would take your card and go www.com 
you know, your website, Robert Kennedy or, you know, Robert Kennedy com. Now it's, I go into LinkedIn and I'm searching on your name because I'm trying to find points of affinity. What do we have in common? You know, who do we have in common? Did we work in similar, um, um, you know, environments or with similar employers? And I'm really trying to find those points of affinity so that I can compress the time that it takes for us to get to know, like, and trust one another so that ultimately it compresses the time that it takes for us to get to yes, whatever that yes might look like. And so it's really being able to be intentional about using the platform, first and foremost, knowing why you're there. So what are your goals? What are your desired outcomes? Because for so many people, if they just want a strong presence because they realize that a lot of people are using the platform to do due diligence. So maybe they're not really engaging actively on LinkedIn, but it's just a placeholder for them. They realize the power that the platform has and they need to show up because if they don't show up there, a person may scratch their head and wonder, wow, okay, you say you're a business owner or you say you're this business influencer, but you're not on LinkedIn. Something's not adding up. Who are you hiding from? And so, you know, so there's so many different reasons or use cases for for how and why different people are successful in the platform. For others, it's, you know, a strong business development tool. If I know, for example, that I sell to um, HR professionals, so it's how do I then connect with those HR professionals or in the federal government contracting officers, so how do I, you know, really use the tool more strategically in order to connect, identify, and then connect with, with my ideal buyer to be a resource to that person. Yeah. Yeah. So now one of the things that we talked about just a little bit earlier, a few questions ago, was this whole pivoting. And and you're talking about building your brand as as well. So what if you are building your brand, but over the course of time, you pivot maybe two or three times? How do you maintain that? How do you do that without causing market confusion on a on a platform like LinkedIn? You know, it's tough. It it really is tough because I'm a big believer in you want to show the breadth and depth of your background, even though, you know, seasonally we may change. You know, I venture to guess the average professional, their background, their professional background, what they got educated in is far different than what they're actually putting into practice or what they get paid to do on a day-to-day basis. And so it could set yourself up for some market confusion. So if someone were to go to my LinkedIn profile, for example, right now, they're going to look and they're going to see, oh, wow, okay, so she had an accounting background, she's a CPA, and now it's like, okay, but then she went into this, this world of healthcare, financial lending, and then she went into this other world of entrepreneur, business ownership, and even now, you know, shifting into another role. But there's some value to showing those ebbs and moves and shifts and the seasonality of what we do because it helps, I think, a lot of people also to identify those points of affinity. Great example is, um, you know, I, with my accounting background, one of our most or one of our longest standing clients, if you will, is um, the Maryland Association of CPAs. Now, I happen to believe that part of what helped us to um, win that opportunity was not only the fact that, yeah, okay, we're good at what we do around training folks on how to use social media, specifically LinkedIn as a tool, but I, I venture to guess that it was probably very useful for them to see that I am a, um, you know, an inactive CPA because then the notion is, oh, well, she walks like us, talks like us, thinks like us. She knows our industry well enough that she would be a really good resource. Now, I've come across clients all the time who 
who will, they'll just start carving out and pruning all of their background information. Well, I don't do that anymore, Kelly. I don't want to be known for that. And it's okay to not want to be known for something, but I, I, I'm a big believer. And I think there's some value to showing the depth and the breadth of your background, because you never know what someone might see on a platform like LinkedIn that's going to help them to better connect with you and to sort of, you know, build those bridges and build affinity as to your background and their background and skill set. And I think so much of the um, the brand clarity, if you will, can come out of that profile header block, the block where you're showing the picture, the graphic imagery and your headline and your summary. In those areas, you can really help better define or clarify any confusion that a person may perceive if they otherwise didn't have that information and were just scanning your experience where they're seeing all these different aspects of you. So I think LinkedIn does a really good job in helping us to paint the picture and sort of, uh, yeah, that, that just that paint the picture of a person's journey to help bring about the clarity that a reader might need to understand, okay, this is the current version of me and how I can be of service to you currently or the area, the core area, my core capability or expertise that's going to be of service to you in this current season that I'm in. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely interesting that you can actually almost plan ahead, really, really create a brand without setting a permanence, almost making you feel like you're going to be doing that forever. But you can almost create a brand that says, hey, this is where we are. And we are we are disruptors, we're innovators. And, and there may be a shift that in the future, simply because my goal is to help you rather than just to do something. Is that is that? Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like a part of it too, Robert, and I think it's really smart. And I know it's no accident that you're robertkennedy3.com and yeah. why I always encourage um, business leaders, entrepreneurs, thought leaders to really create a brand around your name because your name is something that typically isn't going to change, or at least I hope right. it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, you know, because when you look at folks, if I had branded myself as, you know, not your average bean counter because I was a CPA, well, then it, it does become super confusing because now I've got to change and ebb and flow and move because, well, I'm not doing that anymore. And so, but my name is my name outside of the fact that, you know, you're a woman and then maybe you may take on your husband's name. So that right. may change. But, you know, once you become married and hopefully by the grace of God, you stay married to the same person <laughs> and your name doesn't change. And so it is what it is, but you can then evolve and change as the seasons of life change, as industry yeah. change, so that you can ebb and move and change alongside it based on your passions, your mission, your vision, and just your life's calling and purpose. That's awesome advice. I, I really appreciate that. So I'm just starting on LinkedIn and we're ending with this. I'm just starting on LinkedIn um, and I'm just starting a small business. What are one or two top things I must do now within the first seven days? Well, I would say first and foremost is just figure out why you're there. So what are your desired goals and outcomes? Why are you on LinkedIn? And just really stick to the reason why you're there because it's, it's shiny. There's so many different <laughs> moving parts inside of LinkedIn. 
And so if, if you don't know why you're there, you're going to get super distracted and it's going to be a bit overwhelming. So I would say, number one, start with your why. Why are you there? But then beyond that, I would say really invest some time in figuring out your headline, that space directly under your name. Um, and think about what are those keywords? What are your core capabilities? What, what are those words that your buyer would be using to identify you in a search? And beyond those words, you know, what is it? Why Can you answer the question, why should I hire or do do business with you in that short headline as well, because that's going to then help me not only when I'm searching on your skill set, because of course, I may not know Robert Kennedy, but I may know that, oh, I need help with coaching or I need a speaker or I need, you know, so I know what I'm looking for. I don't necessarily necessarily know who I'm looking for. So we need to make sure that the profile is written with those keywords so that you're taking advantage of LinkedIn search engine optimization to then be presented as that resource in that area of expertise. And then once someone lands on your profile, they have a very clear message and understanding of, okay, this is the reason why I should connect with Robert. Now that I'm on his profile, I can really understand with clarity what the value is that he can provide to a business relationship. Excellent. Excellent. Where can people reach out to you and connect with you to learn more about who you are, what you do, and how you can help them change the world? So the best places would be to visit our website. So it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y-T Leonard.com. So again, Kelly T Leonard.com. Another place is always LinkedIn. I'm KT Leonard on LinkedIn. Please, please, please make sure that you reference, send a personal note and let me know that you heard me on Robert's podcast. Um, because that will guarantee that I am super responsive to you. Do not send generic email requests to connect. And that's just in general. That's not just to me. Don't do it to people in general. Um, So those are the best places. And then lastly, you can go to boostmylinkedin.com. Again, boostmylinkedin.com. Isn't it time you got connected? Isn't it time you grew your connections? Isn't it time you LinkedIn? You've heard it said before, your network is your net worth. So it's time to be intentional about who you connect with and how you connect. Don't wait another day. Jump into the deep end. Get on LinkedIn and get grooving. Next, I want to invite you over to Apple Podcasts to leave a ranking, rating, and review for the show. Head over to the other major podcast outlets or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then head on over to the show notes to grab the links and the resources from this episode. I hope you had fun today. I hope you learned something. Most of all, I hope you were compelled to jump out of your comfort zone and share your story. If I can be helpful with that process, let me know by hopping over to robertkennedy3.com. Hey, y'all, don't forget everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy, the third RK3, and you've been listening to the RK3.